0: Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. Now here's a message from our senior pastor, Brian Bond. All right, how's everybody doing? Um, thank you to everyone who volunteered for a remarkable evening. Um, although I really think your, your thank you came and just seeing what was really some of the purest form of just unadulterated joy you could possibly see. And uh, what a great night, and we appreciate all your help and all your work in, in making that possible. Um, today we're going to talk about three different things that all tie together and that work together. We're going to talk about the laws of God, the will of God, and the ways of God. And so we're going to go through each of those and kind of explain what those are in the Scripture, and then explain how we can be a part of each one of those. We're going to begin with the, the laws of God. And, um, the best place, one of the best places to, to start on that is Psalm 119. It's the largest chapter in the Bible. It's right in the middle and it is completely devoted to talking about the word and the law of God. And we're going to be, we're going to read verse four, Psalm 119, verse four, and also nine through 11. So if you'd please stand in honor of the reading of God's word, Psalm 119, four, and then nine through 11. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. And then verse 9, how can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, the first thing about that we we understand about the laws of God is that these are the commandments, you know, that were given to us um, in Exodus 20 and also the other commandments um, laws of God, and they're pretty simple. Anybody can understand most of them. You know, thou shalt not commit murder. Thou shalt not put no other gods before me. No graven image, you know, those things. Um, and then there are a lot of other regulations, and those regulations are meant for us to follow and to keep them, like it says, carefully. Those are the things that keep us uh, pure before God. And so the first thing about the law of God is that it helps us to understand about the holiness of God. When you read all these laws and regulations, you understand that God sees sin seriously. The second thing you understand is that we're not holy, that we're sinners. Because you might go through and go, okay, I got that one's good. I've not done that. Never murdered anybody. But at some point, you're going to get to one where you go, oops. And there's going to be several oopses when you're reading through the laws of God. And so the law is meant to show us the holiness of God and also how far we fall short of the glory of God. And in that, we're supposed to recognize our need for a Savior. That's one of the great purposes of the law. And anybody can understand the law. They can read the Word. You can see you know, what this means. You can understand that the God said, don't do this. He said, don't do that, whatever. You can see those things. But there are certain things that you can't see just from reading it on the surface. And we're going to talk about that as well. And Jesus kind of points out a couple things here. We're going to look in Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. At that time, Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off some heads of grain and eating them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested. Look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. So if you were a Pharisee, you were one of the leaders of the 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 Jewish people, you had studied the law extensively, and one of the things they would do was they would take each command of God. You know, the one where it says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy," and so they would go through and they would determine. And they had gotten so specific about the laws that it was against the law according to the Pharisees if you had a a glass or a you know and and a bottle of Mountain Dew or water, and you took that you picked that up and poured it in the glass, that would be considered work. But just to pick up the glass of water and drink, it was okay. That wasn't work. And so they had gotten so bogged down and, and they knew everything about it. And they'd come up with all these other regulations they added to them. And so here's what Jesus says. They, they get that. They know what the law is. But now here's what Jesus tells them in the ways that they miss. Jesus said to them, haven't you read in the scriptures when David, what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God, and they broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? I tell you there is one here who is even greater than the temple, but you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath." So here's what he tells the Pharisees that they've missed and what you don't necessarily get. I may have to hit the doodle harder. My my throat's been dry. It's like instant healing. Good stuff. So anyway, he says to them, he says, first of all, okay, here's the deal. You don't know the meaning of the scripture. And that's something you can't get just by reading the law. That's why people who are outside of the faith who don't know Jesus, they think that Christianity is just about, or, or churches are just about telling people what they can and can't do. Oh, it's just the laws that do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that, blah, blah, blah. But those things are only meant to show us that we can't live up to them. Now, we're supposed to try to, to live a life, but here's the thing is there's a meaning behind that that they didn't understand. We're going to get to that. And then here's the second thing that they didn't get. They're out here. I want you to just get a picture of this. This is kind of mind-boggling to me in some ways. Here they are out there criticizing the disciples while God in the flesh is standing right there. You get that? They're arguing about some grain that they're picking off and eating because they're hungry, while the God of the universe, the one who created all of them, who created the grain, is standing right there in front of them. So they got... The rule, but they got the heart. They they didn't get the heart behind the rule or the meaning of it, and they certainly didn't recognize the one who gave it. You see, you only get the meaning behind it when you get into the will of God, and you only know the God behind the law until you, when you get into the ways of God, and you begin to know the ways of God. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But it's easy for people to just get bogged down in the the literal translation of what the laws are and here's what they miss they miss that the laws are given to us as number 1 a guardrail it's to keep us from getting hurt when god says don't he's saying don't get hurt and whenever there's a law that's a guardrail that god is using to keep us from going in the ditch to keep us from going down the ravine to keep us from harming ourselves and so god's law is meant it is given to us in love don't do this. Now, when you're young, sometimes that's all you're thinking is, well, that's just trying to keep me from fun, just trying to keep me doing something I want to do. But that's not what's behind the laws. Behind the laws is, is a heart of love. But here's the thing. You can know what the law says. You can know what the rules are and not know God. Do you know who else knows the laws of God? Satan. Satan knows the word. When he came to tempt Jesus, what did he do? He quoted scripture. Specifically, he quoted scripture that was prophecy about Jesus in the Old Testament. So Satan knows the laws of God. But does that mean that he knows God? He knows who he is, but he don't know him. There's a difference. All right. What are the laws for? They're to keep us inside the guardrails. All right. Inside this place where we're safe. Now, Psalm 119, 98 through 100 says, Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your laws. I am even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. Now, here's something that's true about God's Word, is that people that follow God's Word or God's laws, even without acknowledging Him as God, even without knowing Him, guess what? There are benefits to that. It makes life go smoother because he's the one who designed life. He's the one who created us. So even people that that follow some of the laws of God, they're going to have a, a life that goes better than people that don't. Now it doesn't mean they know God, but the principles of God's law are true. Whether you believe him or not, whether you trust him as savior or not, whether you acknowledge him as God or not, if you do things the way God says to do them, life is better. It's really simple. Now, the second part of that is, is that obedience brings a right relationship, okay? Here's what he said, I have kept, I'm even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commands. There's a deeper level of wisdom that comes with obeying the commands of God. So there are benefits to following the laws of God, but there are also limits. Following the laws of God can't make you right with God. You can't follow it good enough. All right, Romans 4.13 says, clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not based on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. You see, Abraham, he obeyed God as best he could. He had his flaws. They're all there in the scripture. But he saw beyond the law and came to know the God of the law and not just the law itself. And some people can't get beyond just the law. Or just the command, just the word. And so the first thing, if you want to know God's will, and then you want to know his ways, you've got to be within those guidelines. Now we're going to talk about the will of God. And the will of God happens between those um, guardrails that I talked about, okay? That's when we're trying to be obedient to God's ways, and we're trying to follow him. His will is in there, but there's different paths. You know, God called me to be a pastor, God called Tina to be a preschool minister. God called you maybe to be, uh, to build homes or to, to do this job or to do that job or to stay at home and, and be a stay at home mom. Whatever it is that God called you to do, He called you to do it. And that's uniquely your calling and that's uniquely His will. God, I mean, if, if all, if the will for all of us is the same, then I'd be telling all y'all, why aren't you preaching? Why aren't you pastoring somewhere? Y'all ain't be past, I mean, it, it's not the same. And so there are differences there, but they're within the guardrails. Now, if you get outside the guardrails, and I want to make something clear, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, uh, the sin that we have every day, and we go, man, I wish I hadn't done that. I'm talking about those deliberate acts of disobedience that we choose to ignore the Word of God and live the way we want to, knowing that we're in opposition to God's Word. Okay. When you do that in your life, here's the deal. The only will of God you need to know and you need to worry about is that God's will is you for stop doing that and get back inside the guardrails. That's the only thing you need to know. You know, if you come to me and people have done this, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I should, you know, marry this girl. And I said, well, tell me about it. Well, we're living together. Aren't stop being either marry her or get out. But stop doing this. This is outside the will of God, okay? If, you're, if you come to me and say, hey, you know what, man? I'm, I met this guy and, you know, he, he was, I, I met him on a, a drug deal. I was buying some drugs. from." Aaron, stop, Nope, We're not getting in. I'm not praying about whether or not that's the guy for you. Stop doing that and get out of that. Repent of that sin and get back into obedience to God, okay? You're not going to get the will of God when you're outside the law of God. Some people want to know what's God's will for them. God's will is for you to stop doing that and get back here, and then he'll start talking to you about what comes afterwards. Now, all of us get outside every now and then, okay? And it doesn't mean that that all of a sudden God's done with us. God always, there's always another chance. I mean, God is a God of, uh, there's an infinite number of chances and times that he forgives us. But when you're outside the guardrails, God wants you to get back inside the guardrails. And at that point, he can use you. He can give you his will. He'll show you the direction. And within there, there are all kinds of, of uh, you know, options and choices. You know, when I married my wife, I believed that was God's will for me. But I didn't open up the word of God and it said, Thou shalt marry Carrie Lee Wright, October the 19th, 1991. See, how I just popped that anniversary date out just like that. Y'all should be impressed. It didn't say that. But as I came to know her and as I prayed about it, and you know what? Here's something else. She felt called to be a minister's wife, so that was kind of a good thing. Since I was a minister, since I was a pastor, and, and so God gave us different words, but they came together, and we both prayed about it. We believed that that God intended for us to be married. And and but there were, she had options. I mean, me maybe not. I mean, God had to tell somebody to marry me. I'm just saying. But so it's not like there there aren't options. But you want the one that God's picked for you right that's what you want it's not a sin to marry somebody but you want to and once you marry him i'm gonna tell you something really clearly here all right in case you're thinking well what if i once you marry him that becomes god's will period once you make those vows that's god's will for you so live up to it and move on but here's the deal is we all want to know well, what about this job what about that what do i what should i do well one of the ways that god speaks to us is through his word okay and that happens when we're inside the guardrails Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. See, once you know Christ, the word of God now is alive to you. And God will speak to you through the word and through his spirit. How do we do that? Number one, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How do you change the way you think? Well, you start with God's laws. Hey, you know what? There's this thing I've been doing in my heart. The word of God says, I gotta, all right, I'm going to let God transform me. How do you do that? By being in the word on a regular basis and by allowing God to speak to you. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. As God changes the way we think, the easier it is to know and understand the Word of God, okay? And the will of God. Psalm 119.18, you, you really want to know what God's will in your life is? Open your eyes. It says in 119.18, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. That's Psalm 119.18, okay? Outside of that, the most important thing is the Holy Spirit. And everyone's like, man, a spirit, that sounds kind of scary. The Holy Spirit is just God himself dwelling within you, his spirit in you. And you know what Jesus told his disciples? I want you to get this. He said, it's better for you that I leave so that the counselor, the Holy Spirit can come and be, he said, it was better to have the Holy Spirit inside you than to have God in the flesh beside you. That's how important it is. So what does it do for us? First Corinthians two, ten through sixteen. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirits. And so what does the Spirit do? The Spirit comes and teaches us all things. He teaches us and guides us in the word of in the will of God. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. God wants you to know His will. He wants you to know it. It's not some little hidden plan out there that He's just thinking, well, let's see if they can figure this out. God wants you to know His will. So how do you know His will? Number one, be in the guardrails. Number two, got to open your eyes to it. How do you open your eyes to it? My wife and I, before we even married, we talked about how we wanted to have three, four, however many we debated on the number of kids biologically. And then at some point later on down the road, we determined that we wanted to adopt a child with special needs. Carrie had worked with several of them um, as a school teacher. We had some in our church that really just touched our heart. And we just felt like that we wanted to do that at some point. Well, when it became clear that we were not going to be able to have childs biologically, and we started, you know, it took a long time. We started going through this process of being open to adoption and looking for opportunities. The first one that popped up was a child with special needs, okay? And it was our son, Taylor. And here's part of the deal. That didn't fit the picture of how we thought our family was going to work, of how we thought things were going to go. And so it took God kind of shaking up part of that picture for us to get the other part. And so then we're like, okay, what should we do? We really need to pray about this. We need to ask God, what do we do? What, you know, is this, is this your will? Is this what you want for us? And here's something that will keep you from God's will is don't let your picture of what you think you want your life to look like keep you from what God wants your life to look like. Because it may not always be the same, but it will always be better. It will always be better. And so sometimes you need to throw out your picture and say, God, what do you want? What do you want for us? What do you want for me? What's your will for my life? And so we started praying about it. And God spoke to me by his spirit through the word of God. We'd been praying about it for two or three days, and we came to the day when we needed to make the decision and neither one of us knew that morning. And I, I left, headed up to church, and I was having my quiet time, my office before church started. And as I was going through my quiet time, I came across a verse in the Psalms that said, God will be a father to the fatherless. And here's the deal. That verse in and of itself wasn't enough. But what happened was God spoke through that verse and told me it was our it was his will for us to take that child, for us to adopt him. At the same time, I called my wife, and she was at home, and I said, hey, I I think God's telling me to go get that baby. And she said, well, I think God's telling me the same thing. And she had opened up, she was teaching um, teenagers in our youth group, and she'd opened up her lesson for that morning, and the title of it was A Gift You Shouldn't Refuse, and God spoke to her through that. But here was the deal. We were both seeking an answer. We wanted to know His will. We didn't want to just make a choice. We didn't just want to line up pros, cons, and decide which one we thought was best. We wanted to know what God wanted for our life. And God spoke to us by His Spirit and by His Word. And He can speak to you the same way. He wants you to know His will. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. We'd already sought that. We'd sought doctors. What what are the things that, that might come with this? We chose to go beyond that. He says, look, we didn't speak to you with human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. See, once you have Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. And see, here's the deal. We couldn't go to somebody else and say, hey, what does God want us to do? Because they didn't know. And here, here's the deal. I'll pray with you about decisions you have to make. And maybe as, you know, because I've, I've had a lot of experience counseling with people and I've been following the Lord for, uh, you know, since the Iron Age, I don't know, a long time. So it feels like, maybe I can say, okay, here's a pitfall. Here's something that, you know, maybe I can see that. But I can't tell you, hey, this is what God wants you to do. I can't. Now, you come to me and tell ask me, hey, you know, I'm, I'm praying about whether or not God wants me to marry this guy. He's not a believer. He's involved in a bunch of things, but I think I can change him. I'll tell you right now, I know God's will for you. He's right here. It says, don't do that. Don't be yoked to the unbelievers. So that's simple. But when it comes down to discovering his will inside there, you need to rely on the Holy Spirit and you need to ask God to show you. God wants to give you an answer, but you have to be listening And you have to be seeking it. And then you'll get the answers as you're reading through. And and it doesn't always happen in a day or two days or three days. you got to keep seeking it. God wants you to know. He wants you to hear those things. You know, there have been a few times people come up to me and say, i got a word from God for you. He wants you to do this. And I go, okay, well, that's cool. Well, I'll tell you what, I talk to God every day, and he hasn't mentioned it yet. But if he does then that would be confirmation, and then I'll know to go on and do that. But until that happens, I ain't done it. You want to know why? Because ain't, no, ain't none of y'all my Holy Spirit, and I'm not yours. So it's not my job to tell you, yeah, God's will for you to take this job or do this or whatever. I, that's not for me to say. I'll pray with you about it. I'll help you look at it. If there's some spiritual wisdom I can give you, I'll give it to you. But you have you have direct access to God Almighty. Why would you want to rely on my my decision for your life. That's not my job. God sent the Holy Spirit to do that. And all of us can know. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. Well, how am I going to know when it's God's voice? You'll just know. It'll be in between the guardrails. It'll be in accordance with his word and the spirit will speak to you. And then if you need to, go get other people to confirm it. Hey, does this sound like something God would say? But don't expect other people to be your Holy Spirit. You got to rely on God for that. It says in 1 John 2, 27, for you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. That's one of the key things. You you don't just seek an answer, you seek the giver of the answer. You seek Jesus. When you open up the word, open with a listening heart. God, I want to hear you speak. When you pray, don't just give off your request, listen. God can speak to you in your prayer time when you're listening and when you're quiet. He can speak to you through the word of God. And then if you're not sure, keep praying about it. You know God's really pretty patient with us when we're like god i'm I'm not sure I don't I need you to really speak where I can understand it. God is patient with you. He doesn't just go, oh, well, pfft. you didn't hear it first time too bad father a good father doesn't do that to his kids. He wants them to know, and he wants you to know, and so don't think he's just going to like you have a little puzzle and if you figure it out good for you and you'll know as well, if you don't, you won't keep asking if you're not sure, ask again. God wants you to know his will. And that's something that leads us to the next thing, and that's the ways God. You know, it talks about that in the, in the scripture and, you know, that, that God even said, but I have this against you is that they, they did not know the, the ways, my ways. Well, what does that mean, my, my ways? I mean, you got, you got his laws, you got his word, you got his will. What else is there? I'm going, tell, I'm going to show you what, there, what else there is. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses had, he, he met God out in the wilderness. God showed up in a burning bush and said, hey, I want you to go to my people, and I want you to tell them this. And he's like, God, why me? Get somebody else. I don't do the speaking thing. You know, and that's something else I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you seem, it, it, when you really want to see God work, it almost always happens outside your comfort zone. You know, in that in the uh, remarkable evening, I've had a lot of bunch, bunch of people tell me at one time or another, well, ah, that's not really in my comfort zone. But I've had yet to have one that went ahead and did it, come back and say, man, I sure wish I hadn't stepped out of my comfort zone. But I've had dozens come up and say, man, I'm so glad I did that. That's one of the best things I've ever been a part of. Right. God lives outside your comfort zone a lot of times. And we got to be willing to step out. So... Moses finally said, okay, God, I'll, I'll go. I'll do what you told me. But who am I supposed to say you are? Because I don't know who you are. I, don't, I mean, I know you're, I mean, the, the bush is burning, but it ain't being consumed. And you're talking to me. And it's all, I, so I get that. You, you, you God. But what, I mean, what should I tell him? I mean, I need a name like, tell me Jerry sent me or something. And God said, you just tell him I am that I am. Okay, then. So God goes and he tells them, he says, I've come from God. And here's what's going to happen. He's going to deliver you from the Egyptians. They were enslaved. They'd been in slavery for 400 years. There wasn't a single one of them that even knew what freedom looked like or felt like or tasted like. None of them. Every single one of them there had been slaves their entire lives. And their parents had been slaves before them. And their parents had been slaves before them. 400 years they'd been in slavery. Finally, God does things. He starts doing miraculous things. The plagues come. Finally, Pharaoh leaves. They walk through the sea. God parts the sea. They walk through that. They go to this mountain, and God gives them his commands, gives them his laws on those stone tablets. Moses gets all that. He knows where they're going. He knows they're going to the promised land. But now here's what he asked him in in Exodus 33. One day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. So he knew what God's will was, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. let Let me explain to you what the ways of God are. Moses knew what he wasn't supposed to do, and he knew what he was supposed to do. But he didn't know the heart behind all those things. And that's what the ways of God are. It's the ways that he deals with us, the ways that he sees us the ways that he relates to us. And so Moses knew you're not supposed to do this, but he wanted to know what the heart was behind it. He wanted to know who was behind it. And see, as you begin to walk in the will of God, some of your questions, get some of the things you start to see, and now you can look back a lot of times and say, you know what God's word said? Don't do that. And now I understand why. Now I get the heart that was behind that. Now I understand why God gave this command. Now I'm starting to get it. Now I understand that that when God said, you know, to, to not do this, it was because if you do that, it causes a lot of damage. And it hurts. And it's painful. Now I get that. And now I look back and I'm like, at the time, we didn't understand. Why is it that we couldn't have biological kids? We wanted a family. But now I look back and I see, God had, he he did give us kids, and they were all individually created to be our children. They were created for us. They weren't just strays we picked up on the side of the road. God created them to be our children. And so now we, we see that story. And, you know, the thing with Taylor was I thought it was going to limit us in a lot of ways. I thought people, you know, this church, we have a culture of embracing people with, with special needs. And, and that's, that there's a blessing behind that. And I'm going to explain to you in a minute about what that, that, how that's because of some things I've learned about the ways of God. But back then, people didn't view it the same way. And I thought, man, that's probably going to limit the churches and, you know, that, that might consider me to be a pastor. And one of the things I, I, I found was every time that a church called us and wanted an interview, and including this one, one of the things they said was that that was one of the things that stood out to them was that we had adopted a child with special needs. And I thought it was going to be a limiting factor. And see, here's the thing. You follow God and you think it's going to limit you. Well, if I don't sleep around, I'm not going to be able to get most guys. Yeah, that's what God intends. Well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to get ahead in this business. But here's the deal. That thing you think is going to limit you is what God's going to use to lift you up and bless you with. And so here's the thing. Even in this, as as we started to, as we, we went down and got him and And, you know, there was a whole blessing behind that. And as the years went by, I started to see and understand more about the ways of God. And so the reason why we do a remarkable evening, it's not because I have a son who has special needs. I didn't go, man, we need to do this because this would be good for my son. We did this because having adopted him and having watched how God works, Here's something that I knew, and it is built into the core of this church, and that's this. When you serve the people who can give you nothing in return, God will send you the people that have things to offer, that have gifts, and that have resources. And you see, we talked, I've talked to you in the last few weeks about how God has provided, is providing now for our future of our church financially beyond our dreams. Beyond our our expectations. And those things are tied together. We spend more money on that event than probably any other outside of maybe when we do like an evangelistic event. We spend more money on that than any other single thing we do. And the reason is because we know that when we give to people who can't give back to us, that God blesses that. He blessed us Friday night. I mean, just seeing the smiles on those kids' faces was unbelievable. But these other things are tied to it. When we go out and do outreaches, we don't know. I mean, we try to kind of keep up as much as we can. And sometimes somebody comes to church as a result of an outreach. But here's why we do those, even if nobody comes here as a result, is we know that when we go out and we give to people and we serve and we love them, that God will send other people to us that we didn't do anything for, that we didn't have any contact with. Because that's one of the things that I've learned by serving in churches and seeing the ways God works. And so that's built into the core of our church is that we try to honor God with what we do. And and we don't do it to be seen. We do it because it honors him. We spend no money on advertising. You know that? None. The billboard we had on the interstate was there because a, a guy that had been to church here let us have it for free for years and years. And it was, it was a blessing. We didn't pay a dime for it other than to have the sign made and put up. That's it. What we do here is we try to honor God. And we trust y'all to go out and tell people, hey, come to our church. You don't have a church home? Come try us. But we also trust that God's going to send people here as we honor him. Because that's, that's part of learning the ways of God. And when you begin to learn the ways of God, you start seeing in your life how God works. And it enables you to build more and more into that. That one little decision didn't just lead to us having a family member. It led to all kinds, it led to the special needs ministry we have that's meeting right now over here. And they have leaders. It leads, led to the exceptional rodeo. It led to all those things that we do through ministering to reach out to those folks. It's even behind a lot of things we do in our outreach ministry are things that I've learned about the ways of God through the will of God and the, and the law and the word of God. And when you start to, to catch who that you start to see God and you start to see, man, things you thought were a coincidence for you, like, ah, oh, that's God now. When you're walking in his will and you're seeking him, you start to see the hand of God moving in ways you didn't see before and you start to get and understand who god is now in some ways you're like man that's that's not possible and in some ways that's true you can't put god down i mean like i can't give you a five a ten word definition of who god is you can't reduce it that way and you can't ever know everything i mean i can't tell you i know all the ways of god in, in this room here, we might all know something different about the ways of God that nobody else here knows because he's that big. But you can know some. And Isaiah says, my thoughts are not, nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So then what's the point of being like, like Moses and saying, Lord, I want, let me know your ways. Let me know your ways. And you know, I want you to catch what God replied to him. He said, he didn't say, I'm going to show you my ways. He said, I'll go with you. I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to give you peace. And I'm going to give you rest. Everything's going to be fine for you. You're going to see. See, when you're with God things are going to work out. And the more you're with him, the more you recognize and you understand his ways. Psalm 103.7, it says this, he revealed his character to Moses. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. You see, here's the thing. The people of Israel saw his deeds and they knew his law, but they never got to know the God behind those. And God even said, These people err because they they don't know my ways. And then when they got to the promised land, they couldn't see God's hand in it. They couldn't see God in it. And they refused to go across. But what about Moses? Moses saw the character of God, he came to know God. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that that God used to speak to him face to face as a man talks to his friend. He began to know who the God was behind the laws and behind the burning bush and behind the, the drive to the promised land and behind the deeds. He came to know the character of who God is. And so those are the differences, and those are how those things work together is to, to know the, the will of God, you got to be in the law of God. you got to be in those guardrails. And then inside there, you got to be open to it. you got to be seeking it. God, show me your will. God, I will do whatever you ask me to do. Because here's the deal, no matter what, how it may be different from what you think, it is always going to be better. You know, now looking back, my wife and I were talking about this a few days ago. You know, I said, I I just can't imagine our life being different or our kids being different. I can't imagine what it would be like other than the way that it is. And that's a blessing. We've learned, not only have we had the opportunity to have and to raise them, but they've, they've fundamentally changed who we are and they've shown us who God is by the ways that they came to us and and the ways that we've learned through them of how God works. And so you gotta have those eyes open and you gotta be seeking it. But you can know God's will. He wants you to know his will. And so for some of us, some of you are like, well, I'm outside that guideline here. here, you got to repent. Repent means to turn away from. You can't do penance for it. You can't fix it. But you got to turn away from it and choose to get back inside the guardrails of God's law. And then when you're there, then, God, what do you want to do with me? God, I want to know you. I want you to teach me from your word. David even prayed, if there's anything in me that's unpleasing to you, Lord, show it to me. Even things that I don't know about that I haven't recognized, show me those things. But look and seek after God's will. And then when you're following His will, keep seeking the giver of the gift instead of the gift. Keep seeking the giver of the law instead of just the law. Keep seeking the one who has a will for you and not just the answers. You know, some of you, you just need to get back. Some of you think, well, you know, I've, I've messed up. I've, I've blown it. There's no way. God has a will and a plan for you. It didn't end. You think God was surprised? God's not surprised by anything we do. And you know what? The, 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 one of the amazing things about following him is you never run out of Grace forgiveness. That's not an excuse to keep going outside the, the, the bounds of God's law. It ought to inspire us to come back and live in that grace and to experience it and to know his will and ultimately to know him and to know his ways. So wherever you're at in that process, you know, maybe you're at that point where, you know, maybe, maybe I need to ask God if the picture I have is from him or if that's just something I've dreamed up. And you know what? One of the best prayer you can give is, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. Because even if you can't see it, and even if though it might be out of your comfort zone, or even though it may not seem like what you dreamed of your whole life, it is always better than whatever we could come up with. Do you really want to know God's will? If you do, God wants to show it to you. Now, it all depends on the relationship. The law is there to show us we need a Savior. We need somebody to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And if you don't have a relationship with God, that's where it all starts. And we want to give you the opportunity to know Him And here's how you do that. If you don't know him, there's three simple things. Number one is you got to admit that you're a sinner, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so you got to admit that you're a sinner. The second thing you've got to do is this: is you got to believe in Jesus. You got to believe that He's God's Son, that He died on the cross for your sins, and that He rose on the third day, according to Scripture. So you got to do that second, and then third is you have to confess him as Lord. Romans ten nine and 10 says, if you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so you, you turn things over, you turn away from your way of living, and you turn to his. And those are the three things. And even if you think, well, that's, that's simple, it is simple, but it wasn't easy. Jesus had to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven. And if you'd like to know, first of all, that your sins are forgiven. Secondly, that you have peace with God right now, that you can know his will, that you can have his spirit. And then lastly, if you'd like to know that your name's written down so that you'll be with him forever in heaven. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna lead you in a brief prayer of salvation. And so I'm gonna ask that everyone bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm gonna pray this prayer, you can repeat it after me. Or you can pray it in your own words. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray in your heart, God will hear you. But if you'd like to know that your sins are forgiven, that you're right with him, and that you're gonna be in heaven someday, you pray this with me right now. Dear God in heaven, thank you for loving me. And thank you for Jesus. I believe Jesus is your son believe he died on the cross for my sins and i believe he rose on the third day according to scripture so today i trust jesus as my savior and i confess him as my lord now if you prayed that prayer day and you meant it here's all i'm gonna ask you to do i'm not gonna ask you to stand up i'm not gonna ask you to say anything i just want you to look up at me and, and keep looking until I see you. If you prayed that prayer today, you look up at me right now. Keep looking until we make eye contact. Okay, all right? Okay. All right. Here's what I wanna encourage you to do. In a moment, after we're done, John's gonna stand at the front and he's gonna dismiss us with a word of prayer. And after that, if you'd like, we'd, we'd really encourage you to tell somebody. You can come tell John that you prayed that prayer. And we'd love to set up a time with us by phone or in person to talk to you and answer any questions about the decision that you made and also talk to you about the next steps in following Jesus. If you're not comfortable doing that, you can just text I did it to that number that's on the screen. And we, we'll get back with you and set up a time to talk. We don't want anything from you, we're not putting you on a mailing list, we're not going to ask you for anything you don't even have to come back to church here. You're welcome to, but we just want to help you understand what you've done and also to, to know what the next steps are in following Jesus. And so I'd really encourage you to, to talk to someone and to tell them. Let me pray for you and let me pray for all of us as we seek to obey God's law, walk in his will, and to know his ways. Dear only Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your love for us, And Thank you, God, that you provided a way for us to know you and to know your will and to know you. And, Father, we thank you for those things. We pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. You can find links to topics and scriptures discussed in this episode by looking at the show notes. You can find more information online at greenwood.church. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at greenwoodbc.com.